0: Fingers in the northeast of (laughs) an (laughs) accounting.
1: That's what she said. (laughs) 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 Aye. Christ.
0: Good evening, everybody. It's Andrew from Toon Talk Radio in the Northeast on another invigorating weekend of Newcastle United fun and Sunderland, and obviously Middlesbrough too. Well, you can get to the show on www.toontalk.co.uk. Just press the live button, you'll be able to listen live to the studio, or you can call 0191 5389781, or on so you can also go to Nova Radio. .co.uk and also Google Play. So if you're out and about tonight, wherever you are in the world, from Dubai from to Newcastle to Gateshead to Ireland to China, everywhere, this show seems to get everywhere. And of course, the United States of America. My co-host this evening is Neil Mitchell. Good evening, Neil.
1: Good evening, live from the heart of Dubai, Andrew. How are you, mate?
0: Not too bad, not too bad. we won't to see how warm it is over there. just sick of everybody here on a damp and dreary northeast day
1: um well it's it's currently it's it's nine o'clock at night over here and it's thirty two degrees and it's God. still it's still a little bit sticky, one would say it's still it's still a tad on the humid side. It should have calmed down by now it's still pretty damp yes it's a bit a bit bizarre Yeah, bit it's, it's seasonal it's a bit of,
0: yeah it is i must say i was there for one day and I remember walking around the airport and just walking around as you do, and it's completely entombed by air conditioning, as as you can imagine. Oh. But you, you feel the heat. And I remember just going from one terminal to another, you just, we got off for like uh, two minutes That's on the bus and it was just, uh, so I can't I imagine I was like going to do that.
1: I remember one of the lads came over for a, a, a short trip and I took him golfing. Um, <laughs> and I got a, I got accused of going native because after about three holes, he was, this was with a buggy as well, by the way, he was he was beetroot red and gasping for air. He'd drunk all the water he'd bought to come on the whole round. And it was... Um, yeah, it, 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 and I guess you do. You do get used to it. You walk in a different way. You spend your time darting from aircon to aircon. So when people see you, they think, "Well, you haven't got that much of a time, I say, "Yeah, because I don't want to go out in it. I want to hide in the aircon." Thanks, you know. But it, <laughs> it, but, it, but it is. You get used to it, and I love it. To be honest with you, I think. Uh, um, I think I have my Jodie card taken off, as if I came back home, I'd be asking for a jacket all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not been too bad actually. here. it's been it's been strange actually. I'm so used to slagging off the weather, but the last couple last couple of months has been fantastic. But I'll bring in my main guest this evening because obviously Neil will have a, a few questions for him tonight. But uh, one of our guests, one of our friends of the show, has been on a couple of times now. It's Damien Spellman, uh, the press associate, northeast reporter. Any any opinions? Any opinions, sorry, or expressed by him and him only. Good evening, Damien. How are you?
2: I'm very well, thanks. How are you?
0: I'm not too bad, not too bad. Well, it's been a while since he has been on, and um, a lot's changed when it comes to Newcastle yeah. United. Um, you know, I think the fact that he, uh, Rafa managed to stay, I think was a fill for everybody. H- How has mm-hmm. it been in your how's it been in your line of work? Because it comes across as being completely night and day.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's... it's it, obviously, Rafa's a, a big name and a big personality, and um, I think I wasn't alone in being surprised when he did agree to stay. Um, absolutely delighted he did, for, you know, uh, professionally because it's it's great to deal with him, um, and it's it's brilliant for the club as well to have uh, somebody with his not only his personality but his experience and, and proven track record, and uh, hopefully he'll uh, he'll get the job done.
0: Yeah, it's it's. I think. Um I think I think since the since he came in then he he tried he changed things, uh brought in a lot of players, shipped a few of them out. Um I think the the whole base of Newcastle was always run with Mike Ashley in mind. And uh obviously it caused such a, a divide amongst all supporters, really I don't care. I think a lot of people can uh, you know, if you if you do a poll, you could never really say that um you know, it was probably ninety five to ninety eight percent that wanted a new change in direction. I don't think any of us could have foresaw that the the change in direction has come right at the top with a guy that is
2: really Mr. Football. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think in, in fairness to Mike Ashley, he, he hasn't had a vast amount to do with the football club in recent mm-hmm. years. You know, he's sort of delegated responsibility to the to the people below him to, to run the club for him. And I think he, you know, obviously at the um, summer before last when he sanctioned the, the spending, mm-hmm. you know, he, he sort of... It, took a bit more of a hands-on role but even even then he he said there's the money you go and do what you see fit with it mm-hmm. um and i think you know he i don't know him personally at all but from people who do know him um he was obviously very unhappy with what happened last season um and as but again as as backed backed the the people that run the club for him to to, um, to make major changes, and there certainly has been major change. Um, I think Raf has been given a much freer hand than any of his predecessors have had. Um, and, I, I mean, in fairness to Mike Ashley, which is not something you hear very often, but in fairness to him, he's, he's sort of realised that the way the club had been run wasn't working. Uh, and has is, is sanctioned a, a new way of doing it. Um, whether it works in the long run, only, only time will tell. But it, it certainly has created a, a much, a much greater positivity around the club, which, which uh, is not before time.
0: I think the dynamic I was surprised at. at I think a lot of Newcastle fans, because we did expect him to hop, skip, and a jump, was Mr. Mr. Lee Charnley. Charnley. Um, mm. it, it's, it was interesting pretty early on that Rafa, uh, like, I'd, I've never met Lee Charney, so I don't know, I'm not sure if Neil's met him, but, um, um, you know, it comes across as a person that wants to be in the background, wants to be silent. Sometimes when you see him come on there, on TV, you know, even I get a bit, oh, God, you don't know, you don't know what he's going to say, and um, you don't know what type of person he is, but when somebody's been there that long, you would think, well, it's okay dealing in the background, but you, you need to have somebody with a voice and that can carry it. Uh, what's your thoughts on on Lee Charlton? Yeah, I suppose it's, it's
2: it's I don't know it's it's different really. I mean Freddie Shepherd was very at the forefront of the club, wasn't he? When during his mm. his time as as Sir John Hall was, uh, and you know the, the people have the, the various opinions of of them, but they they were very much the. The public face of the club, and I think mm-hmm. the thing is, Mike Ashley is is never going to be the public face of the club. He's, you know, only recently become the public face of his business, and that's yeah, yeah. very reluctantly. <laughs> um, and I think, um, you know, Lee, Lee Charnley is was sort of catapulted into to this position, and and he didn't want that at all. He wanted mm-hmm. to work behind the scenes. He doesn't want to be talking to people, and to people. And I think probably there has to be a, a happy medium because I think. You know, Alan Pardew had his critics uh, during his time, uh, understandably, as as did Steve McLaren But they were the public face of the club, mm-hmm. um, and there were several tiers above them. But it was they who who stood in the firing line all the time, um, and sometimes deservedly so. You know, they, they got they got the, some criticism deservedly, and some perhaps not. Some that would, should have been aimed elsewhere, but those targets weren't there to be aimed at. Now, I think as long as Lee channel as long as the club is running in a way in which it it builds for success i think he'll probably escape that but i think sometimes the the, the club does p- perhaps need to be you know more accountable there needs there needs to be a, a point of contact or a or a face um to, to put to the name um but you know I, I don't know Lee either i've never met him never met
3: um
2: no no i i don't think many of us have certainly not formally <laughs> Um, you know, there's a couple of journalists have met him informally um, and people tell me he's a very personable bloke and you know has, has Newcastle United at heart um, but perhaps he just doesn't feel comfortable doing that um, and, I, and I think increasingly people who run football clubs are, are like that um, mm. but, but I think sometimes they might need to put their the head above the parapet every now and then um, mm. And we'll see. We'll, we'll see. What
0: do you think, Ernie? Uh, because uh, Lee Charlie well, it's I a it's a it's a monster. You, you can't be quiet in the background. I like get little mice. A mouse, can you?
1: When, when I was interacting with the club, Lee was in a much lesser role, um, and it was Derek Lambias was who I had most of my dealings in and out of the club with at the time. Um, and and I think Lee was thrust into a role really that he was kind of not really prepared for. Um, I think he's taken some criticism quite rightly. It, 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 mm-hmm. it certainly didn't work with him as part of this triumvirate of McLaren, Carr and Charney, That seemed, it needed needed leadership and it, it didn't seem to be coming from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, however, what I do understand is that once the club had identified that Rafa was available and he was interested, that Lee Charney was the driving force behind getting that done. And if you even if you reflect to Rafa's early, early words during... The, the him coming in and then also over the summer with the deal being done for him to stay mm-hmm. he keeps going back to how it was Lee Charlie did this and Lee Charney did that so whether he's grown into the role whether he prefers to have Rafa there as a bit of a buffer and to be the leadership focus and the focal point for the club and the mouthpiece for the club which he certainly seems to be in many ways at the moment and maybe that works better for him but it, it means anybody incoming after Rafa has to be somebody of the similar ilk that Charlie can work with and is prepared to work with him, and it's it, that puts him in a back in a difficult position in the future potentially. Unless he's happy to grow into the role even further, I think time will tell. He's made mistakes. I think it's up to him to show that he's he's learned from it.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, I think um, because it's such it's such a monster of a club, and even the fact that we're we're filling it out week after week. Um, what's your with the way Newcastle have played, the way that we're, we, argue, we seem to be gearing up in the Championship, what's been your initial thoughts, obviously from the horrendous start when we lost the first two games? I think um, we, everybody really was starting to get worried and it's only now that it's, you know, we've got a bit of calmness but, but then you have the, the draw and people's frustration with that. What do you think, um, uh, Damien? Um, yeah, I, th-
2: I mean, I think it's still very much a work in progress. There's There's been a lot of ins and a lot of outs. Um, Rafa is not a manager who picks the semi-11 and, and keeps playing it until somebody's injured or suspended. Um, and I think it's it's been a bit of a cure its egg, to be honest. They've, they've looked very good in parts and they've looked pretty ordinary in parts. Um, but I think it's it's fairly clear to see that if they continue to to build on what they've done so far, they, they're going to be there or thereabouts. They've, they've got quite a bit of class. They've got some championship experience. Um, you know, the, the likes of Daryl Murphy. He's done it in the championship. Um, been there, done it, played two games a week, uh, three games a week. Um, I, I like, I think, Kieran Clark has needed a new start, but I think there's, there's a player in there. Um, I think Matt, Matt Richie has been very impressive. And I think, you know, people like um, Shelby and Anita and Goofran have got a, a new lease of life. So I think that there are a lot of positives there. I think the problem that they're going to face is, is, is the the one that relegated clubs always face, uh, particularly clubs of the statue of Newcastle and Aston Villa, is that, that they're a big scalp um, and teams are going to come and sit in and, and, um, and try to and, you know, say, come and break us down. Uh, and I think... Newcastle have found that difficult at times. Um, thinking of the the, the uh, Wolves League game, mm. uh, the sat, the Saturday, but Newcastle couldn't get behind them. And I thought tactically they're a bit naive when you've you've got Dwight Gale playing up front to have people banging balls three feet above his head, and you know two mountainous centre halves just heading them all out. And that got very frustrating for them. But I think they've they've got a they've got clever players. I think they they need to score early to settle the the nerves which they, they did in the, the Wolves Cup game uh, and they looked, looked a pretty decent side after that um, I think also they're going to need a bit of perspective because they are going to lose games um, they, they're going to they're win more than they have done in the recent seasons and, and rightly so because they're in a low division but there will be setbacks and it's, it's how, they, how they react to those setbacks but I think they're, they're, there's been enough in the first few games to, to suggest that they're, they're on the right track and if you remember the last time they were down, they they scratched out results for the first half of the season. It wasn't until Andy Carroll got into the team in December time, and then they brought Wayne Routledge in the in the window, added a bit of pace, that yeah. they actually started winning games very very comfortably in the second half of the season.
0: What did, what do you think, Neil, on on the start? has been. A, I think he's I right, isn't he? I think like I. I, I
1: Like we said on here, I was actually glad to get the early loss out of the way and then it shut all this unbeaten for the season rubbish up, which was never going to happen anyway. Um, We had a lovely little run of games, but we've had a couple of games where we haven't been able to finish teams off. Mm. And that's what we need now. If if we could have finished Villa off on Saturday, you could see their goal coming
3: from about 70 minutes on.
1: You You could see the pressure building, you could see we were panicking a little bit. Uh, and we weren't going to, we had that feeling that we weren't going to see the game out. And we need to find some sort of clinical ability to, f- to finish when we dominate a game like we did for the first hour of that game. Because Villa didn't really have a look in for that first hour. And then we let them build ahead of pressure which we weren't able to relieve. And that's, that's what we need. And that's been my downfall. It was my downfall against Huddersfield, I understand. Um... And we looked like the days ago against Wolves. I think the game against uh, QPR put the lads on their heels a little bit, thinking it was going to be a straw. And then they got that backside bit again. And I think that was a timely reminder of what this division is like. And I think Damien's bang on in that. And you look at the last time we came up, it wasn't until the January window when we made a little bit of tinkering. And that just let we kick on. And that's what we've got to look to do. As long as we stay in and around that top four five, and, and there's not many points between top the fifth or sixth and we're in that mix i'll take that till christmas and then we'll look to press on and i think that's the way we've got to be we've got to keep that perspective because this is a re it it, you can't say it enough how queer a division it is Mm -hmm. that you talk to people over here because obviously i interact with football fans from all over the world i was talking to one of my italian mates um this morning funny enough about newcastle he's a pisa fan and they've gone they're going through all kinds of interesting rubbish which Mm i'll not bore you with um but it, it, time and again, he says he, he looks at that championship division and thinks, oh, I would hate to be coming trying to get out of a division like that. Because it's just, it really can be doggy, doggy, dog. And every week there's a shock. And every week bottom beats top. And you can't explain why they have. They just yeah. have. And I think that's what we've got to live with. That's, that's football in this division. Nobody wins it at a canter. I think we were probably the last team to win it at a canter. And yeah, so that's, that, that's, that's what it's like you know, look at last season, there was three teams should have gone up, really, Brighton missed out and then lost out in the playoffs that's mm. how cruel a division this is you know, they were, there was three teams head and shoulders above everybody else at the end of the season but it was still three Not not, and only two went up and and that's the way it is, and that's what we've got to live with and what we've got to understand mm.
0: Yeah, what do you think, uh, Dan? because I think um, the way the way the games has been coming and the, the interesting thing seems to be weekly weekly is that the, the changes in the team. Now, I thought that uh, the, what I saw of Murphy did quite well, and I think because Mitrov, 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 Mitrovic scored against uh, QPR away from home, from home I thought the substitutions, especially on 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 Saturday, they're a bit late coming uh, when you've got when you've got pressure building, and we haven't even got to list, we haven't even got to to sells yet. But what was your what was your take on the on, on the game because you know it's so annoying to draw a game like that when we should be they, they should have been dead and buried
2: mm-hmm. I, to be honest I only saw the second half because i was at mm-hmm. uh, I was Sunderland on Saturday. Mm-hmm. but yeah from what I understand and even I, I saw the army had a great chance shortly after half time that it effectively would have killed the game off yeah and, and didn't didn't get within ten yards of the goal mm-hmm. um but yeah, it's it's a difficult one. I, I mean, I've read Rafa's uh, dis, uh, explanation today why he didn't change things, why he didn't put a defender on because he thought they could hit them on the counter attack. Um, but I, I think he's he's a manager who who is as rarely keeps the same side. I think it was 90 odd games at Liverpool. He went without without playing the same side. Um, I think he's very much horses for courses, and I see. Particularly in the championship, I can see why you would do that because to play three games every seven or eight days, you know, 90 minutes in a in a physical league could be quite tough for some players, and inevitably players are going to going to get leggy. And I think he's also a manager who very much um, chooses horses for courses. You know, you know, if, if if for example he's coming up against a pacey team, he might he might play. Clark, whereas if he's coming up against a, a big physical team, he might play Lascelles or you know that that sort of thing. And I think I think he likes to, to pick a team for each game. I don't think he, he he goes with any sort of preconceived idea of you know I'll, I'll play this team for ten games and see how it goes. I, I, th- I think he looks at what the opposition is, what the threats might be, what the weaknesses be. Like might be and then picks picks a team to play play against that and i, yeah. I sort of see the logic of that I, I, I must must admit i'm a bit of a tra- traditionalist and I'm sort of would prefer to think well look we've got a decent team put out your best team and let them worry about mm-hmm. us but but that i'm not a manager with 30 years experience <laughs> or whatever rafa's got um <laughs> and all his trophies and what have you so so yeah but um yeah, I, th- I think it's frusti- frustrating when you see a team that's been so dominant for such a long time in a game, and then, you know, actually in the end, we're probably a little bit fortunate to come away with a point because when they hit the post and have the goal disallowed, it could quite easily have gone even even more wrong.
0: Yeah, I thought um, I think when you, uh, the interesting thing that seems to be happening, it's you know uh, you, you see you've got a really strong centre back in Hanley you've got a an, mm-hmm. and also a good pacey player in member in in the team and actually i was very very happy watching clark play um probably the first time I've ever seen him play where he won everything mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think in that league you need and that's the thing that there's so much choice isn't it it is it, yeah. it's kind of weird isn't it that's the trouble isn't it that there is so much choice um I, You've got, but then you, you know, we missed so many chances, and I, and I'm still not sure on a few players. And like I, I think I'll be, for me, when you look, when I look at Mitrovic when he came on, I thought to myself, well, what's he going to bring, and he didn't bring anything, and um, you know, he's he's got no pace, and this this is the trouble when when you taking when you taking Gail off with 75 minutes to go, that's going to kill you, and you are bringing on Mitrovic. I, I was a bit surprised at that one.
2: Do you know what I think? Mitrovic is a player who should tear that division up he? because he's a big, strong, tough lad, and he should cause havoc. I mean, the thing is, he missed the start of the season through suspension. He didn't look fit. I saw him play for Serbia against Ireland last month, and he, to be honest, the poor lad had a mare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, things were bouncing yeah. off him, and he just didn't look anywhere near. But I'm convinced somewhere there's a player in that kid because when he plays well, and admittedly we've not seen him play very, uh, well too often at Newcastle, mm-hmm. but when he plays well, he's a real handful. Um, but you just you don't know whether it's it's physical or, or mental, mental or yeah. yeah. I think you know there might be a confidence issue. Although the, 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 when you speak to him, he's a, he's a very confident lad. But. No, he just hasn't really got going yet, and but, but I'm I'm sure there's something there if if they can just just get him firing, and it, I don't know whether he just needs to run of games. You know, obviously missed the first four or uh, apart from the cup game, but he uh, and then he got injured in that, didn't he? But he um, you know, he should be a menace in that in that division, and uh, it's I suppose it's up to Raffer and the coaching staff to to get that out of him. What do
0: you think on? The- on Mitrovic and Murphy, what would you,
1: um, on on uh, um, Neil? I'm a hundred percent in agreement with Damien about Mitrovic. I'm I'm still I'm still convinced there's a player in there. I think he's sending off at the end of last season's hurt him. Um, I also saw the Island game uh, on a dodgy stream over here, and uh, and he did. He, he he couldn't trap the proverbial bag of cement. His second touch, his, his second touch was a tackle. You know, it was it was, He had an absolute shocker, and you you. He was blown by 55 minutes, you know. And and my I'll say this like I've said about a lot of young players, and we've seen them come through the doors and go at Newcastle United lifestyle, lifestyle, lifestyle. Mm. When you get somebody like that at that age who is a professional footballer and he looks that unfit, what's wrong with his lifestyle? I would be going in and looking at his what he's doing, what he's eating, what his lifestyle's all about. That's what we need to look at with him because when he's on his game, he, he's a menace and he's horrible, and he must be horrible to play against when he's on his game. So with that in mind at the moment, the logical option for me would be to have Murphy ahead of him, because Murphy's Mm -hmm. in relative form, looks fit, he looked good against Wolves in the the cup. Um, It's a tough one, but then Mitrovic is never going to get fit, because he he needs match fitness, and I don't think he'll get that playing in the under-23s. He'll probably just Mm -hmm. get himself sent off again with frustration. <laughs> uh, so you know it, it, it it's a, it's a real tough one. Um, I was I, stunned I, he
0: wasn't even in the squad after say I was stunned well, that Murphy wasn't in there.
1: We're gonna get this with Rafa again as mm. Damien said. You know look look at his record at Liverpool about going 90 odd games. they we'll playing the same team twice, mm. and he's talked about once two for every position. Um, but actually we've got a bit more than that because we've got players mm. that can play in different positions as well. Mm. The permutations are are endless. Mm. Um, I think we discussed, we touched on this a little bit last week, is you, you've got to go these days one way or the other. You've got to go for a consistent team and try and stick with that week in week out, or you've got to rotate on a constant basis so the players are used to it and they're used to playing with different people every week. You, you, you've got to be one or the other. You cannot sort of hedge your bets and be halfway in between. Rafa goes that way. He's all, or he seems to have gone that way through most of his career. Um, he, he's one of these meticulous planners and we've just got to stick with it. Um, and when he makes decisions about, like the hot topic at the minute is celt, so I guess we'll come to that mm. later. Um, you know, uh, he's obviously Rafa's man, so we've got to trust him on that. I know that's harsh on Dolo because he's done nothing wrong, and then we've got Elliot coming back to full fitness. Now that'll put a cat amongst the pigeons because mm. frankly, he's been the best goalkeeper at the club for the last two years.
0: Mm. What's your th- What's your thoughts on the? On the back on the back line before we get to Lascelles, but it's I think um, that's the issue, isn't it? That I think if you he made a point at the start of the season, Damien, when he said, "Right, we're gonna um, anybody makes mistake or regularly makes mistake, you're out for a couple of the game or a couple of games," and you know it seems it's it's done the trick, and um, so go ahead,
2: yeah, yeah, um, I say I mean. I, I sort of, I, I think it. Sometimes it's a bit hard. Defenders are going to make mistakes, and if if they do, more often than not, it's, it, it, especially a central defender, it's going to end up in a goal. And I think so, sometimes, you know, a player needs a chance to redeem themselves, almost. But I think it is good to have that competition. I mean, Newcastle for years haven't had enough centre backs. Um, poor, poor Steve McLaren for all he you know he uh, he didn't have a great of time in Newcastle was begging for a centre-back throughout his entire time at the club and just they, they couldn't give him one uh, so to have four decent centre-backs um, and I, you know personally I think Mbemba is, is, is going to be a really good player um, That that is a real a real bonus and it's what they've needed for five or six years um, but I think you need to you need to build partnerships. You need to build the the two centre backs need to build a partnership. Each centre back needs to build a partnership with his full back and all four need to have a, a relationship with the goalkeeper. Um so again I can see both sides of it. I think yeah, you should you should fear for your place every week. I think that's that's important. I can also see again that Rafa will want to pick a particular defender to do a particular job on a particular day yeah.
3: um,
2: uh, so so again it's a difficult but it's, it's a good problem to have as a manager to know you've got four players you can turn to each week and, and you know even off the bench it, you know if if and Bember had got injured at any point last season. You're looking at the bench and think, well, what do we do? You're going to move Paul Dummett across from fullback. You're going to have to put an emergency fullback in there. You know, probably a midfielder because there were no there were no spare left backs. So that, it's it's a, it's a good problem for for Benitez to have. But I think it's one that again has to be quite carefully managed. And you know, change for change's sake, I don't think is, is a particularly good policy. But um, change for a for a specific purpose, I can I, yes, I can see the point.
0: Of that. what well, I'll ask you. Is and then I'll get to Neil. When it comes to cells, to me, he's gonna need well a season to get used to this because he might kick in after the January. When you know, but to me, you know, I watched you watched him on Saturday, and he's a, a mistake away every time that ball comes across. Now I never understood why Darlow, anyway was. Uh, was more or less had to play second fiddle anyway, unless he was injured. But what's your thoughts on that, Damien? Because I must admit it's wound up a lot of fans that the fact that you had an inkling that Darlow might get in the team, but then he played him again, and um, you know the fact every single time that ball comes over, over comes over by a corner free kick, you just you just think I haven't I just think he hasn't got the bottle to get it. But what do you think, Damien?
2: He's got a great start. Um, I, mm-hmm. don't, I don't think anybody could argue with that. He's made a couple of, good, you know, he's been as a shot stopper. He's made a couple of good oh, saves. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I I like a goalkeeper to command his six yard box particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, although you know you not every keeper can be a Peter Schmeichel and say right anything mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the width of the six yard box to the penalty area anything that comes in there is mine. Get out the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not you're not going to get that. What, what I would say. He's a young kid. He's he's 24 years old, um, and he's, he's got room for improvement. Let's put it that way. Um, I, I, I think if he's not going to come, uh, he's he's not going to come all the time. His defenders have got to know that if the ball comes into that box, the keeper's not coming for it, and they've got to deal with it. If he if he comes sometimes and doesn't come others, then that's that's just utter chaos. Um, but but I would like I would like to see him coming uh, coming for corners coming for crosses, but he obviously doesn't feel comfortable about it, and it's it's obviously something that's been talked about and worked on. They've, they've obviously taken the decision that he's that he's not going to come. Um, but they've got to take that uncertainty out of the equation. If if he's going to play, uh, uh, he's got to decide. Well, right, look lads, I'm not coming for those. If that ball's in the box, you've got to head it out. Uh, I won't be coming for it, and it, it it's not ideal for me, but that that is better than them not knowing what's going to happen.
0: Before I get to Neil, I, yeah, I saw one incident in the first half where uh, Lascelles was absolutely screaming at him for making a mistake. He was absolutely livid, and and fair enough, Lascelles made a few mistakes, but it you know it just sends he just sends with the fact that they they're uncomfortable with him. You know, there should be a change made. Anyway, what's your thoughts there, Neil?
2: Well,
1: look, for me, um, he's, he's flat. The only thing I've seen flap like him is Captain B. Um He really, really does... I, I, I am going to say something now, though, and, and this is a message to all of our lot. We've got to pack in things like the abuse that that lad got on yeah, Twitter after the I game agree. that made him delete his Twitter account. Mm. We've got to pack that in. It's our job as as, as fans of the club... To stand by our players, not abuse them online in a cowardly and pathetic way like that. That absolutely boils my whatever. It really, really gets me wound up, as you can probably tell. So we've got to pack mm-hmm. that in. My thoughts on selves as a keeper, though. Yes, he's a good shot stopper, but I've said this before to you and to many others. All goalkeepers are good shot stoppers. That's why they're goalkeepers. They should be good shot stoppers. That's sort of, for me, a prerequisite of the job. What Damien said is quite right. What separates the really, really good ones from the average ones are the ones who can command the box. And that's what in this division I believe you need is somebody who can command the box. Because you're going to get bullied. And that's effectively what we were towards the end of that game. We were bullied because we're mm-hmm. back forward and certain what we're goalkeeper is doing. And so he's, we've got to either work on making that better for him and him making him better at that or go to a plan B about how we're going to deal with it, because it, to me, to my eyes, it looks like Sels is rough as man.
3: Mm.
1: And look, he can't be rubbish. He's a he's a full Belgian international, um, and he was talked about it was the hottest property in Belgian goalkeeping last season. So you know, he, he he had a shocking start in pre-season with that stupid thing where he tried to do something with a foot with his feet and give it away, and it was almost like his Jan Dal thomason moment, where mm-hmm. he fluffed his lines early on, and then he, his confidence has gone, and he's going to, you know, it hasn't picked up again yet. We've got to work to try and help that if he is going to be our goalkeeper, we've got to get behind him. Um, mind you, I think he'll have a job once Rob Elliott's back, because like I said before, he's been the best goalkeeper at the club for two seasons, and he's been one of the highlights and the high spots of the club and as a personality and as a leader on the pitch and as a leader in the dressing room he seems to be somebody all the lads turn to and I think it'll be very hard to keep him from between the sticks once he's fully fit it's a nice problem to have to have you know, know, three great goalkeepers you know, vying for position and to have, we've also got that um, got young Freddie Woodman as well to chuck Mm -hmm. into the mix somewhere down the line we're well stocked with goalkeepers that could progress and take it further forward, but if Self is one man, we've got to stick with it, and we've got to trust Rafa's decision on it. Yeah,
0: but what is the thing is, Damien. Yeah, you you've got three good keepers, and obviously, obviously, a fourth in Woodman. But um, if you had to put your, I don't I don't I don't know how old Darlow is. I don't know how who how tall each goalkeeper is. Uh, but I remember when Darlow came in, he made a, a Rick, didn't he? a couple of. I think in a League Cup game he dropped the ball, and and a League game he dropped the ball, and they kicked it straight in. And um, but you know I, the thing is that he played every he played most of every game at the end of the season with with all the injuries that was there. So I I, I understand that, that Rafa wants um, experience, but um, he, he's I don't every time dollar's come in he hasn't done anything wrong. Um, if you if you had a choice of all three to play. Who would your man be?
2: Well, it's uh, tough one. You? You're right, Darlow did play very well. He's not much older than Celsius, but I think he's 25, Carl Darlow. Oh, oh.
3: Um
2: older. Um, but I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm a bit with Miral. I've seen a lot of Rob Elliott, and um, I think he's a decent keeper. I think he is a good influence as well. Uh, he's got you know a bit of international experience as, as well, so he's got that bit of respect. But I suppose the thing is with keepers, I mean, you know, they don't really hit the peak until much later than outfield players really and and, and can play on longer. And I think you're still, a bit like defenders, you're still sort of learning your trade at 25, 26. Um, You know, you think back to some of the, and and Lucas, I've had some very good keepers and and groups of good keepers over the last 20 years. you know share given him Steve Harper and and then you know Tim Kuhl and Fraser Forster and people like that i mm. mean shay got better and better with the competition from from Steve Harper over over the 10 11 years he was at mm. uh, was at Newcastle um but, I mean, there's a basic talent there as well. You've got to have that ability, and, and, and it's absolutely correct. Yeah, all keepers are good shot-stoppers, otherwise you wouldn't be in goal. But it's what else to bring to the game. I mean, increasingly, we've seen the thing with Joe Hart, that managers want goalkeepers to be able to play with their feet, is the way the modern game is. Mm. But at the end of the day, I want my goalkeeper to catch the ball um, you know, where, wherever it's from that's his job for me I, I don't care whether he can dribble past three players and knock it 70 yards to feet I want him to catch the ball um, and I, and I, I think Rafa obviously has brought in cells for a reason he, he obviously rates him um, I think there probably is a confidence issue at the moment um, whether that issue can be addressed by taking him out the firing line for a couple of games um, I don't know. I suppose only only time will tell on that. But I think if if it were my choice, I think I would probably be um, hoping uh, Rob Elliott gets fit as soon as he possibly can and uh, get him back between the sticks.
0: Yeah, I think um, because he, you know the the whole point of that league, isn't it? So talking to each other, shouting each other. You know, you Rob Elliot. Um, you know, he he makes wonder saves. He's undervalued, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing is you got to, there's the reason why you have three keepers, four keepers. you know if you've got to change one, then change him. Don't add to it. I just thought by playing him, like I, I actually thought on Saturday when Cells was named as the keeper, I was quite surprised by that because so I did think, well he's going to make a change because what's Dallo? you know, if, if Darlow's older and he's, he's getting the experience and he's good enough, put him in. You you can't if a, if a player is searching for confidence you can't you can't gain confidence in the championship because the championship is one of them th- it's a killer game like we're trying to th- it's like Mitrovic isn't it we want Mitrovic to get fitter get fitter get fitter but he's not going to get that fit because as we all know he's he's going to be rot- rotated but um, it's you know obviously a big game coming up this week against against Norwich City that that again puts us within one point. And it is a must-win, isn't it, uh, Damien? Um,
2: well, I think to say that's early in the season, I think that's probably over-egging it a little bit. Mm. But I, I would say, confidence-wise, it's a must-not-lose. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, win it and, and be flying again, I think. That's that's the thing. Um, but it's not a game you want want to lose on the back of probably throwing two points away at the weekend. Mm. Um, you know, they you you would think and it's certainly looking like that at the moment Norwich are going to be up there come the end of the season they're a team well built for the for the championship you know they've got players who've played in it very recently they've got a couple of very good players in uh, Brady and and Hoolahan you know they're, they're good they're a good very good championship side and i think if you if you sort of keep in pace with them you, you're going to be there and thereabouts, so I think a positive result tomorrow night and draw wouldn't be the worst result, but a win would be a, a big boost for, for not not just for the fans but for the players. I think.
0: Yeah, I think they beat uh, Everton didn't in the cup, and uh, they mm. a couple of good goals as well. And um, yeah. but again, he's going to. It's I think uh, Naismith, um, you know, ludicrous why Sonny didn't buy him like, but. Um, uh, what, what's your thoughts tomorrow what do you, the thing is you can't really guess how, who who's going to play tomorrow can you Neil
1: no and it, I, I very much doubt and I would have said this whether we would have lost our drone at the weekend it's not going to be the same 11 again is it mm. uh, he's going to go horses for courses I think we've got a question mark at right fullback. I think Yedlin's carrying a knock mm. uh, and so with a suspended it? yeah he does and so with a suspended there's an area that mm. we need to possibly look at Um, though there's enough defenders in there in the mix to to, to rotate it around and try somebody else Um, it's tomorrow uh, uh, sorry not tomorrow the the, the Norwich game through the week is going to be a real proper test of where we're actually at because they seem to have suddenly just crept up and passed and, and got on with it and nobody really talking much about them. There was lots lot of talk about Brighton, who sort of dropped off a bit. And then Huddersfield had a head of steam, and then they've dropped off a bit. And we've just got to do what they're doing, is just keep going about our business. These little runs are six six on the bounce. That's what will get you, get you promoted in this division. You just get on with it. And so we kind of predict the team. We've just got to back the lads and, and cheer them in. Let's,
0: let's obviously switch gears, but um, Sunland. <laughs> normally I have somebody on, on Sunday but you go to a lot of the Sunday games explain the disaster that seems to be enveloping that club weekly and I thought Newcastle was bad Damien
2: <laughs> well I mean this has been in the making for quite a while hasn't it um, you know David Moyes got a bit of stick when he suggested at the start of the season that there would be in a relegation fight but why wouldn't there have been because there have been for the last four years Um and I, th- I think it's a very, very difficult situation for them. They've, you know, <laughs> Jermain Defoe has been brilliant for them, got them out of a lot of, a lot of trouble last last year, um, and the back end of the season before. Um, but they're just, I, I don't know. There's a, there's a fragility there. They've, they've tried to, they've tried to strengthen obviously, but. But it's, it, it's very a, a little bit like Newcastle. It's it's again it's a work in progress, and it's hard work doing that in the Premier League. Changing your team, building a new team, there's a, there's a lot of transition there. And, and, and unfortunately, because of the instability with the managers changing every every year, nine months or whatever it is, it, it, there's a new start every every nine or ten months. You know, and the system that was in place is sort of. Torn up and they they go and start again. They they just need a bit of stability there. And the the, the thing is, they've got some decent players, um, but but it's just it's not quite it's not quite clicking at the moment. I was I was at the the Middlesbrough game and they were the better team and then Borough scored. out of nothing. he ruffled one in from thirty yards. And and they just went to pieces from from then on, and that that, that mental f- fragility is 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 a bit of a bit of a worry for them, um, you know. On, on Saturday they they got themselves two nil up, and and probably didn't deserve to be two nil up, and you know honestly they didn't play particularly well, but then to surrender that in in such a fashion was. Was very depressing for them. It's. I think it's going to be a, a long, old season, and I think they might end up in January having to try to dig themselves out of a, a hole again. Um, you, you can't keep doing it every season. That's that's my fear for them. Uh,
0: Neil, what do you think on Sunday? Because it's, <laughs> we've well, had uh, I, we normally. Can...
2: I went out to
1: watch our match with a few of the lads um, here in Alba Heights um, on on Saturday night. Now I. Went, uh, because of work commitments and what have you, I, I actually ended up coming out a little earlier. So I went in the bar and had a little, little little, sit on my own watching all the Premiership games on various screens. And I had one eye on the Sunderland game. And, and as I arrived, they were 2-0 up and they looked like they were coasting. Um, and the minute Crystal Palace scored, I don't know what Damien felt like at the game, but it was like watching a Newcastle game of old when we <laughs> had teams that crumbled the minute they conceded that everything started to go wrong. The passes mm. started to fall short. It was panic at the back. It was punt the ball anywhere. The, the, the ball up front wouldn't stick with a straight header. It. it was hear them, scare em all over the place. And the minute they equalized, there was only one team was going to win that game. Mm. And, it, it, and, I've, and I've seen that with teams in black and white many a time. Uh, and, you, know, you know, when they get jittery and the... There's that wariness, and there just didn't seem to be any way out. Um, And I have to say, they looked like a team shot of confidence and totally clueless. Um, But yet, what I'd seen of them up to that point, they looked pretty slick. You know, I saw probably just as they scored the second goal, and for about five minutes after that, they looked quite slick, and they looked totally in control. And then... (laughs) It was like somebody pulling the wool out of a sweater and just watch it unravel. I've I, and, and I have seen Newcastle teams do that in the past, and it, it, it must be worrying because they've had a ruined pre-season. They've got a manager in who was trying to cobble together signings, it seems, from wherever he could because he's had zero preparation ahead of it or very little. Um, and, and they look like they're in trouble. They really do, and, and it, it 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 doesn't really fill my heart with any joy to say that it it it's. It's quite a shocking indictment of both teams looking at the people that turn up week in, week out, to see what's happened to both of them. And, and a lot of it's bad planning and bad management.
0: To be fair, Damien, I couldn't believe I, they were actually tuning in front. Like I, I never watched it. I came back late from doing me here. <laughs> but, um, and I saw, I saw they were tuning up. I was gobsmacked. And I yeah. had that down as a away win as well, actually. So... um what's what's the issue there? Because, um, you know, you've got a guy who managed Everton for millions and millions of years and he had them up, ready to go. And, I don't understand why he hasn't gone for IWO to be honest with you. But that's another, he's, he's already got another deadbeat in um, in Ichibi. But, um, it's, it's an, int- you know, like, this is the guy they wanted. This is the guy like Ellis Shaw wanted. It, it It's, it's, as Newcastle kind of find it it's preposterous what's going on
2: there I, I can think of 150,000 reasons they didn't go for other or <laughs> uh, yeah. a week that is a weekly basis. Um, yeah yeah <laughs> um, no I mean uh, yeah, it's I mean you, you've got to remember David Moyes was at Everton 10 or 11 years and mm-hmm. built it very gradually and built it very well um, and assembled a very very good team in the end um, and I think given time given support. Um, you wouldn't bet against him getting it right and, and sort of stabilising the club. The, the problem is that there is no time now in in, in football. You, you know, manager's life expectancy is, is is far less than two seasons now, um, and and there's such a lot of work to do there. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's I, I would. I think he's. for me, he's got to get John O'Shea back in the team just mm. for his experience and his organisational abilities. Now the thing is, John O'Shea is nearly 36 and mm. perhaps his, his legs don't move as quickly as they once did so he may have to change the shape of his team and play three at the back and and, that, and that's something he doesn't want to do. He wants to inject pace and energy in and he's got a lot of young players there and, and, and Neil's right, they, they did struggle to get in the, the players they wanted um, we know it's difficult to get top players up to the North East, you, you have to pay a premium for them and you mm. have to pay a premium in wages, they did that with Defoe and that's that's paid off handsomely to be perfectly honest um, but you know, Yana's eyes and uh, McNair and Love and people like that they're still learning the trade in, in many ways uh, he's got the experience of Pinar in there who, you know, his experience will be a help to them, but I, I just think he needs a, a bit of the call in there, you know, he's lost his goalkeeper, which is, which is unfortunate. Although Pickford is is a very decent prospect, but I just think he needs O'Shea and Catamol in there to to sort of organise and to, to to you know Catamol to snap around and and O'Shea to be the calm influence at the back and organise um, and at least give them a platform because you, you, you can you can see. Heads going down when, when things start to go wrong, and that's the last thing they can afford to do.
0: You think it's a fans thing because if they're two nil up, and you know they they, they seem to, I wouldn't say turn on them, but it just it seems that there's an undercurrent, isn't there? Of, you know the, the fact that they're not going to get six points from us
2: for a start. <laughs> well, I think it's a bit harsh to blame the fans. I think the thing, the, the, the issue was. They conceded within 30 seconds of going 2 nil up. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can understand the fans being edgy. I mean, you know, I was at St James's that they, for the Wolves game, and the w- Wolves had a flurry, at the league game had a flurry of two shots and hit the bar in the space of 60 seconds. And you could hear the, uh, half the crowd go at that point. They, they were impatient, nine minutes into the game. And it's because you've had four or five years of a relative struggle, and and you know fans, fans are edgy. Fans, fans do get annoyed, uh, and it, it, you can understand it. But I suppose that's not particularly helpful. And yeah, I mean, you knew when the first goal went in, you thought, oh, this this could go really quite badly wrong. Um, but you didn't realise perhaps how spectacularly it was it was going to go wrong. Um, so I, th- I think the atmosphere might, may not help, but I think it's more it's more fundamental than that. I think it, you know, there was they, they went to pieces on the pitch basically, um, mm. and and that's only going to end one worse. Sadly,
0: I think Alan Pardew probably couldn't, you know, he'd been waiting so long to beat Sunder and he couldn't really couldn't <laughs> really do it with Newcastle, and then all of a sudden he goes to um, he, he goes to the pass. It's interesting how. It, how every time Alan Pardew has a team, they go on they go on spurt, don't they?
2: Yeah. And, yeah, and now. It's... Go ahead. Uh, sorry, sorry for interrupting. No, yeah, sorry. they do. I mean, it's but the, what you would say about Alan Pardew was they went on a run last season, you know, where they they went I don't know eighteen, nineteen games and won only two of them. I think the, when they went to Middlesbrough four nights ago, three weeks ago. They'd won two of 22 Premier League games in, in 2016. And now they've won three on the blob. But what you would say is they've gone out and spent £32 million on a striker. Yes. And mm. they've brought Andros Townsend. Uh, mm. And that's just injected pace and goals. And you look, you look at Zahar as a decent player. Punchin's a decent player. They've got a solid back four. Palace aren't a bad team at all. They're a decent mm. Premier League team. But for me, they they could finish they could finish top half quite easily this season with with um, um, Benteke and uh, and Townsend added to that team.
0: Yeah, what do you what do you think on on Crystal Palace, Neil? It's it's always been an interesting one. He's buying players, um, he, like even last season he was buying a, a few good players, and you thought, well, you know th- that 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 th- that team out of all the teams out there would be the the, the stalking horse but it's Alan Pardew, isn't it, Neil? He, he, he never seems to give much on that. And every time you watch him on that sideline, when you look at all the motivators, you've got Mourinho, you've got Pep, every time you watch him on the sideline, he, he doesn't seem to do, do anything to change a game, but he's just won three games on the bounce.
1: Yeah, but he, he, his career's absolutely littered with purple patches and mm-hmm. then flat lines. He's, he's a boom and bust manager. Mm. And he has been everywhere he's been. If you look at his career, Charlton, Southampton, West Ham, yeah, mm. you know it. It it, it bo- well, Here, I mean Newcastle, obviously not in Dubai. Although he'd, he'd probably love it over here. <laughs>
3: um,
1: he's he's antics. Um, you know, let's not forget this is the Newcastle manager that head butted a in player. Mm. Um, the stupid dance on the touchline in the cup final. He does things that seem to repeatedly come and bite him on the backside and make him, leave egg on his chin. He spent the summer chasing players that he, that he was saying in the past he didn't really want mm-hmm. and that he had forced on him. Well, do you know what? Why, what are you chasing him again for? The, the, he's a contradiction. Um, and, and the Palace fans, I think, are finally working out that what we were saying about him is all pretty much true. Um, he's put a team together that, you know, he's brought Benteke in, Mm. there's Townsend there now, they've got the ingredients of a a decent side they've got a couple of decent defenders in there Um, but again, you look at how he managed his goalkeeper, Hennessy, last season when Mm. Hennessy went through a a bad spell, he absolutely hung the lad out to dry (laughs) Uh, you know, that's not going to do the lad's Confidence, any favour? It was almost like, well, don't blame me. Blame the blame the bloody goalkeeper. It's his fault, you know. Um, because it seems to be about him. Anybody who refers to themselves in the third person by their nickname on a regular basis, mm-hmm. you've got to have doubts about. <laughs> Anybody who walks around with pods on his tracksuit, we? there's a there's a narcissist waiting to happen if it, if it hasn't already. Um, but some, it's, it's his index. it's those things that you, I think. Players must eventually either get sick of it or just work them out. What about think, you? I've had enough of you.
0: <laughs> you. You must have met him, Damien. He, he comes across as quite a narcissist to me, but you know, he, he's, he's he, but he's among his people now, isn't he? He's got no excuses, really.
2: Well, yeah, he is, and I mean, I think yeah, there's an ego there. I think there's an ego with a lot of football minds. Mm. I mean, I've, I've, I've got to say, I'm one of the few people who quite like him. <laughs> um, when he was in New I, I, I quite liked him as a bloke. I, you know, yeah. I, um, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't say I was anywhere near a, a friend at all, but I quite enjoyed the, the back and forth with him. Mm. Um, and he was always, as a journalist, he was he was always good with me. Um, but yeah, I can I can understand why people people don't like him. I can understand why people don't particularly rate him as a manager. Um, but he does have a a very good reputation within the game as a as a as a coach, and you you speak to other managers, and they 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 do they do consider him a a, a shrewd coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I couldn't I couldn't argue with anything that that Milo said there. There's there's certainly an element element of that to it as well.
0: Yeah, he's he's he just I don't know. I think I think he's he, sometimes you can see he has the right intentions. Like at the, some of the players he gets. Uh, like you know, he he slayed the d- dumber didn't he? And then he put a bid in for him. <laughs> it's like, and that's the thing, isn't it? With with Newcastle, it's like, you know, I can, I think the club don't want to go into the transfer market on on in January, um, because you know there's a lot of players that don't appear on the bench that you know have just signed five year deals. Um, who, who, who do you think is going to be the standout player for Newcastle this season obviously before I bring in Lee who's the next caller but um, who do you think is going to be the the, the person that could um, take Newcastle forward uh, or do you think Joey Barton will come back <laughs> <laughs>
2: right, I see I don't, I, don't, I don't say that personally not as long as Mike Ashley's involved with the club I don't think Joey Barton will be coming back um, I, I think for me, the, the the player who I've been most impressed with so far is is Matt Ritchie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, clearly was a, a Premier League player, um, and and has looked a very decent, very decent addition. It's a, it's a long time since Newcastle have had a player who crossed the ball as, as well mm-hmm. as he does. Um, he likes hard work. He gets up and down. He's direct. Um, he wants to be on the ball all the time. And I've, I've been impressed with him so far, and I think if he can, you know, if he can provide the sort of service that that the strikers need, and we all need different service. You know, Mitrovic mm-hmm. needs different service to Gale. Gale needs different service to to Murphy. Um, I think if if he can provide that that kind of service, I I think he could be a really decent acquisition. He's got a great goal. There. There against against Wolves in midweek and then provided the cross for the second one. one-off. I, I think he could be an important player for them this season.
0: Probably my last uh, question: uh, Is there any reason why McMahon, Newcastle didn't get McManaman in, uh, in the last as a last signing? Is was there any reason for that because he was linked heavily to come here?
2: Well, your guess is as good as mine. I'm uh, I'm, I'm not wasn't really party to. Uh, to what was going on there? Um, I can't imagine it was it was money. Um, yeah. um, I, d- I don't know, is the honest answer.
0: <laughs> I think because of um, what happened to Aaron's. Yeah, I think, yeah. And yeah, uh, like, yeah. I have to say, when you look at uh, Yedlin, he looks something good, doesn't he? Like he, with a bit of support, with him, you know, because he's got the speed, but he looks like. Um, he could really put other teams, but he, but I think he needs support. Um, again, Shelby didn't really impress me again the weekend, but it's you know I think Newcastle need that, especially with the problem with Mitrovic having no pace.
2: I mean, I, I like Yedlin as a player. I think he's a very very good attacking fullback. I'm a bit less convinced by his defending. Mm-hmm. Um, although Sam Allardyce worked on him last last season at, at, at Sunderland and sharpened him up, I think his pace gets him out of a lot of a lot of trouble. Um, mm-hmm. But he's yeah definitely going forward. Uh, a lot of time for him, but but I, I think yeah he needs he needs to uh, to continue to uh, on his learning curve at at the back. I would say although again you know particularly in this division his pace will get him out of trouble.
0: Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting um, uh, it's, well, it's season ahead for Newcastle United. Um, what do you think? Um, give me a scoreline for for tomorrow. Uh, sorry, on Wednesday in Newcastle and uh, just you, you, again, there's gonna be changes. But um, uh, Norwich is it's strange isn't it, when you look at Norwich. Norwich do normally do nothing in the Premier League, but when they go back to the Championship, they look a good team.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I think they are a decent team, uh, particularly at, at this level. They have got some good players. I think it's a tough game. You know, I would. I I don't think a draw would be the worst result, and I I can I can see one one.
0: Yeah, I can. I think a lot of people. I think it, it just depends how we start. I think how Newcastle start, the mm-hmm. game, isn't it? I think you've got to. That's the thing when you're at home, you've got to just. I think it'll be a really open game though, because both teams are just going to go for it. I think.
2: Wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, it could be uh, it could be a good
0: one to watch. Great stuff. Thanks so much for coming on, uh Damien. has been like a fantastic it. to have you on again and uh, we'll get we'll get you on again soon. Thanks very much. No problem, thank you. Thanks, Damien, take care now.
2: Yes,
0: Damien. Bye now, cheers. cheers. Bye now. Well great, great isn't it, Damon I'll tell you one thing, that's just uh. that's made my night that Is <laughs> 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 he, <laughs> the thing you I actually forgot to ask him about. Never realised actually but I was going to ask him about uh, Middlesbrough, but um, before we bring in Lee, because he's on the call now, so we're waiting for him to call in. But um, What's your thoughts on um, Middlesbrough? Because, um, again, you know, the, they got beat on, on Saturday. You know, there were good goals by Tottenham, but um, it's going it's to be an interesting tussle. I think it's going to be really, really tight down the bottom there.
1: It is. I think they've got a, probably one of the better managers in that bottom half of the Premiership. Uh, they've got a team which is an interesting mix of experienced youth and local lads and foreign imports and people who know the Premiership. Um, I've got a few mates who are Borough fans who haven't worked down that part of the world for four or five years. and uh, uh, Do you know it, it Part of us would like to see them stay up, mm-hmm. um, but I just have a feeling there's maybe not the squad depth there that you really need at the top of flight. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens around about Christmas time when injuries and suspensions start to bite a little bit. Um and they can't play the the, the football that Karanka wants them the time to play. They looked um comfortably put away again. That was another one of the games on in the background when I was sat waiting for our game to come on uh, at the weekend and uh, from what I could see of the game, um, Tottenham put them away pretty comfortably with mm. far from a full-strength first eleven. Mm. Uh, you know, they, they'd made a few changes, and even Sissoko looked good against them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I did watch a bit of it because you, you know, that that's the thing about Middlesbrough. You, like, I think they're going to struggle to get many wins, I don't think they'll actually get I don't think they'll get many at all actually, I think, I think they'll get a few draws and they'll get a few heavy losses um, that's the thing about the Premiership and they should know this if they're going to bring, if if they're, if they're going to survive I think the one thing you, we can take from this season so far is that when you take out the Leicester City story, it's gone back to normal pretty quickly hasn't it with yeah. my United um you know, well, mostly Man-, Man City blazing away at the top. But the interesting thing is um, the the demise of uh, Chelsea uh, with mm. a, a very vibrant manager.
1: Mm. Yeah, look, it, 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 the the whole Leicester thing, everybody you appreciated was a blip. Mm. Uh, and normal service would be resumed. You've got um, Man City, Man United, Arsenal... Chelsea, Arsenal. I guess are the exception in that they've not made many changes. Neither have Tottenham, in terms of manager and they've the tinkered with squads. Though um, I have to say, what I saw of Arsenal, again, that was mm. on at the same time as our game. Yeah, I couldn't watch it. Yeah. Um, in the, at the other side of the, uh, the other side of the bar, and it was on one of the tellies in our side of the bar. Um, and again, that first 20 minutes, they looked pretty damn slick from the corner of my eye. Um, so yeah normal services resumed in the premiership going back to Borough I don't think they're going to get many Tonkins, but what I don't think they're going to do is I think they're just going to be put away comfortably you know they're not going to lose heavily here and there but they're going to lose 2-1, 2-0, 1-0 and not quite have enough to drag it back you know Um, and at the other end of the table I think the wheels come off Leicester big time at the weekend Um, and again I don't think they're going to be in trouble this season but I think they're they're going to find that more natural level again. They've had that a moment in the sun, and so Guardiola looks like he's doing what everybody expected him to do at Man City. He's turning them into a different beast. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. They they look quite again. Three-one, I think, was was wasn't flattering. Uh, It was a was a pretty comfortable three-one, and so um, yeah, normal services resumed in the Premiership, I presume.
0: Yeah, the th- probably the one thing I was I- expecting with the added extra money in the league, you did expect. i like, it's interesting watching Leicester now. Like I think one of the commentators said when they were playing last season, the the, the two back, um, the two full backs were staying, and um, now for some reason they're pushing forward. You don't mess with something that's working. Uh, that's why. Maybe that's the good great thing about the Premiership, isn't it? It's hmm. you know you, you it it changes on a dime and quickly with other teams, you know, maybe they think as champions, they, they, they have to come out, they have to come out and play when really they don't. They can just say, listen, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll do what we did last season. That's what, you know, being a, you know, you would have thought, especially with Vanier being such a, um, an expert in his field, um, they're probably now going to be looking at mid table.
1: Yeah. 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 I think so. Uh, I don't think it's. F- I think it's fair to say, and I don't think you. I don't think you're far
0: wrong on that, mate. Mm. Well, we've got um, Lee due to call in about a second, so um, we'll get back to talking about Newcastle. Um, that the worrying thing for Newcastle Wednesday, if uh, Yedlin's not fit, would would you uh, play uh, Mitrovic up front, or would you go again with um, Gail? Good question.
1: I think Gale. I think mm. Gale and Richie seem to link quite well together. Mm. Um, I think
0: like that miss was terrible, though, wasn't it? He was hit on goal.
1: It was. It was poor. Just to take around him. It was poor, um, but you know what? Strikers are going to do that. I'd rather he's in the right position and miss the chance than he wasn't in the right position in the first place. That's a more worrying thing. Is when mm. your strikers not getting the chances. Mm-hmm. If you remember young Andy Cole, everybody used to criticise him because he needed four chances to score one. But actually that didn't really matter because he used to get into the right position and he was mm-hmm. making the chances. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'd, I, a striker getting into the right position and missing a chance, that's a different mm-hmm. thing to a striker not getting the chance at all because he's in the wrong position, mate. And, I, and I, that's going to happen with strikers. They don't score all of them. That's why games aren't six each every week. Mm, and exactly. so it, it's it, it is what it is. Yeah. We, we kind of have to live with that. It's frustrating
3: because mm.
1: yes, he should have put it away, and that would have put the game away, no doubt about it. But we're kind of harp on about it. we have just yeah. got to live with it.
3: Yeah. Well,
1: we've
0: got Lee Johnson on the line now. calling call from Chester Street. Good evening, Lee. Oh, Hi.
2: Right.
0: Right, how are you?
4: I'm good.
0: Good. Uh, so we, obviously we've been talking mostly Newcastle and in depth on Sunderland. So. Uh, 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 <coughs> Uh, when it <laughs> Yeah. When it uh, when it comes to Newcastle, it's been a bit of a interesting week would be probably overdoing a bit, but we win against uh, Wolves in the Cup and everybody's granny want a Newcastle that's Newcastle fan, want to thump the Wing and Aston Villa fans for all their um messages towards us uh, the last couple of seasons. Uh, but for some strange reason they didn't have any uh, bed sheets available, so yeah. Uh, but overall, oh, don't I worry, Andrew. Don't worry, the
4: bedsheets sheets would have come out after
0: B1. Oh yeah, I can imagine.
4: They're very
0: weird. It's like, but it was interesting. The game. What was your take on it? Because you know, obviously, everybody was disappointed after the game, and um, obviously, the abuse that uh, cells gets afterwards, uh, as Neil touched upon earlier this evening. Um, what was your take on the game and how it panned out? And the substitutes, of course.
4: Well, we definitely should have won the game If you look at it over the 90 minutes I think for the first probably 65 We were so dominant and We were so in control um, You know, going 1-0 up uh, Gale should make it 2 Johnny should definitely make it 2 And Aston Villa were always going to have a spell in the game And the did And they unfortunately got the equaliser But I think over the piece We were certainly in control And if we had got the second ga- second goal. It definitely would have been, you know, game over. Um there's a few good performances. I thought we were solid. I thought we played well. That game management, I thought we were excellent. But I was happy when the whistle blew in the end because obviously when Aston Villa scored, we, we were under a lot of pressure at the end. And we hung on, so I'll take a positive in terms of us hanging on for a point. And before the game, if I'm honest, I probably would have took a point. I think, you know, Villa's going to be one of the most difficult places to go this season. Um... You know, along with a couple of other clubs, you know they're they're going to be up there at the end of the season. So, I, don't know. I mean, obviously the selves are getting all the stick, but I, I had a I had a problem with something which happened in the build-up the that. And that was the of it to doing a flick in his own uh, in his own half. He tried to do some sort of back heel under no pressure, zero pressure, um, where he could have just controlled it, kept us in possession, and moved us forwards. And then uh, okay. he does this ridiculous flick. Which leads to him being intercepted, and two, and two passes later, that, they got that first corner, that initial corner. So if he hadn't been so ridiculously stupid with that, mm-hmm. um, those corners wouldn't have had a came about. Because ultimately, that, that Mitrovic at this moment in time is, um, you know, he's wanting to get in the team, he's wanting to make Rafa Benitez play him, and uh, Mitrovic, the, the thing with Mitrovic we've all pointed out, and we think we, which is quite good, is making, making the ball stick. But I don't know what possesses him to actually try to flick the ball with a back heel mm. when he's got loads of time, loads of space, straight to an Aston Villa player in the 87th minute. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous, and I would imagine the manager was furious about it. Um, I mean, after sell, he's struggling. There's no yeah, doubt about yeah, it. He's struggling. struggling. I, I mean, I was there on Wednesday night against Wolves, and I have to say, um, Carl Dara was excellent. Um, he was in front of me um, for the whole second half and he come and took crosses with, with, a, with a great deal of ease all night um, as well as making a couple of decent saves towards the end two one-on-ones um, and towards the end of last season he was outstanding so I, I didn't really understand why he never started the season but obviously Raffles brought his own man in but so, he done alright in spurts he, he did alright he, he, he was excellent against Brighton at home um, but it seems to be a confidence issue there. And I don't know if the, the, the back four in front of them are confident as well with them. But as for abusing them online, <laughs> I mean, how am I? I've just been seeing a couple of weeks ago how how united, how, um, that united the fan base. I just mm-hmm. felt like um, it was back to square one again. I mean, you know, where'd you get off doing that? I mean, fair enough, be credible of them. That's fine. Have a conversation about them. Mm-hmm. See so he's been poor and things like that. So he needs replace, But you don't need to do it directly to him. Why do it directly to him? Why abuse him? Why hope he's going to break his legs and things like that? I mean, that's just absolutely quacking. I'd probably deactivate my account if someone said, oh, I hope you break your legs. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty pathetic. Um, and it all stems from one bloody result. We've got that fantastic result against QBR. We lost the woods and everyone's just running the bloody meltdown. I mean, we've got mm-hmm. a decent point. We've got a decent point for me on um, Saturday night Regardless of the circumstances and how it came about, we got a decent point on Saturday night. And if you think about it over the piece, if you go back to the Brighton game, we had Brighton, we had Derby, Villa, Norwich. Ignoring the Wolves game, everyone said this is a really difficult period coming up. So if we go and beat Norwich on Wednesday night, we're certainly more than capable of doing so. We're one point off the top of the table with a lot, a lot of favourable fixtures coming coming our way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's a bit of perspective on it all, isn't it? And that's what you've got, we've got to have. We've got to keep having reality checks. Where we at? What we're playing? Who we're playing? What we're playing around with? Uh, then we get a little bit carried away because we're thumped QPR away, and then we're brought back down to earth by wolves. And, and that's what this division does to you, and, and Lee's nail on the head as usual with regard to the fixtures. You know that this patch was viewed as oh, we're going to have to, we're going to have to dig in through this bit. And yeah, we we'll, we'll have had to but. If we come up with it with another three points through the week, um, we then look at the fixtures getting easier and thinking, hmm, okay, we we'll could go on another little run here. And so it, 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 I think it's important that we try and really press for a good result through the week because it could give us some real good momentum.
0: Yeah, I think uh, when, it, when it comes to... That's the thing is that the key is all the momentum. And when you get... We won six in the bounce, it was like, whoa, you know, it's really, you know... The issue... I think I'm, we're going to find it's it's going to be harder to get the momentum with the home games because as I remember the commentator said Newcastle are probably set up better away from home than what they are at home um, because I think at home you've got to go two up top and that's not it doesn't seem that's going to be the case but um, I was a tad surprised that um, he didn't pick Murphy uh, we haven't even touched upon him really much, but what was your thoughts on on um, on Murphy? Because on Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, when he when he played against Wolves, um, he, the great the, the feedback was he was getting in the right spots, and uh, that Mitrovic doesn't go to um, uh, Lee.
4: He did well. He played well. He was he was he wasn't he wasn't anything flash. He was steady, away. He got him. He got his ball. Sorry, he got his body in between the ball, he brought people into play, which basically that's what I thought he was brought in to do, so mm-hmm. he was aggressive, he had a good chance with a header at the Gallagher end um, in the first half, which we were looking not to score, but I think over the piece, he certainly showed that he's going to be very, very useful in this league, so on that basis, I would agree with you, I was quite surprised he wasn't in the squad and on the bench on um, Saturday night, because... I do not i I d I don't I don't see Darren Murphy attempting to do a flick like that on eighty seven minutes no, to one of his teammates, have. he probably would have took one yeah. touch and if there was a defender coming towards him he would have probably backed into him and, and then laid it off to somebody to put us going forward because that was just uh that was a very, very inexperienced young man because Mikovich is only twenty two doing something which you never ever should do in a football match with your with your back to bloody goal, back hailing the ball in your own half. Straight into the opposition. I, I, it was absolutely ludicrous, and that was obviously where the, the goal ultimately come from. We know everyone said, You cannot say that, you cannot say that, because it, it's going like to two phases later. But that was a massive part of why that happened. So I think Murphy's, uh, Murphy's going to play a big part for the club this season. I would imagine um, he might play tomorrow night. You never know, he might go with it too, Andrew. I do agree with you on the point about away from home. I, I do think we are, teams are going to have to be a little bit more proactive away from when we're at their ground, they're gonna to have to come at us. They're not just gonna to to, they're not gonna be able to just sit in and expect Newcastle mm-hmm. to have all the balls. So if teams come at where, like a try. do, I thought we absolutely picked them apart, they didn't know what to do with us. Yeah. It was either Yedlin especially down Yedlin and Matt Ritchie's side, we'll we cause them all sorts of problems. And like I said, the game uh half time should have been out of sight. Um but we we've got to we've got to work we've got to look at how we're gonna manage the home games. The problem is with the home games there's an expectancy when when the home games because there's you know there's fifty odd thousand people turning up there and the, the thing against wolves was we we weren't one won up after ten minutes, and everyone was like Ooh! I mean we you cannot have that. we can we can't do that this season It's hmm. not right it's wrong I mean like uh, the big thing for me or the, uh, the biggest plus for me has been I've been watching well since Benito has come in, I've been watching the fan base now I really really thought we'll turn the corner here but. I still think there's, you know, there's that little bit of mistrust there. And that's just <laughs> all over the fact that how we've been badly mismanaged over the last mm. 10 years. That is still hanging around. Um, if I was a fan, uh, which I am, I, I, I am absolutely delighted. We've got Rafa Dinez on our manager and he's in charge of all footballing matters. And that is something to get behind. And We're not going to walk this league. We're going to have to work hard. We're going to have to get down and dirty. We're going to have to compete. And when you get the likes of Wolves come to St James's Park you sit in make a difficult fight we've got to find a way around them the fans can't get frustrated with that they've got to stick with the players and if we stick with the players given the squad we've got given the manager we've got when it comes to me next year if we're not in the top two I'll be absolutely staggered
3: hmm.
0: I think yeah I think if we're that's, that's the interesting thing for me is when I think the fans when they go to the games because there's a very high expect- expectancy with the, the new team and the pace in the team. when you now Obviously, we'll talk, about, we'll talk to me in a second on that, but when, the, the fact that when we go there, it, to me, it's a, it's a buffet. Newcastle United, because of the fan base and how we can kill teams with our passion, with our, um, the way that we want to play football, we should be going at teams... High, high 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 line, get at them, punch them if they're going to lean in there they're going to lean in there that's just a, that's what the championship is. They, they, most teams stay in there the The interesting thing for me, Wednesday is against Norwich City. it's probably one of the big games that we're going to get in a season, and we've had normally against the big teams, we normally wallop them don't we really at home and um I think Newcastle have got to step up. In in every home game, irrespective of anything, because they are Newcastle United, we we've got one of the best now, one of the best squads. So there's there's, there's no excuses that I want to hear, um, because I I wa- I was watching just on Periscope, and the team against Wolves, were, you know, there were there wasn't much happening. it obviously won two nil, but the 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 energy isn't really there in the team to go after teams. And I think he, I think with Yedlin in the team, he'll, he brings that. Because you, we want... We, we, we deserve it. We should be going after teams. And even on Saturday, I was watching... Shelby has a couple of games here and there. But, you know, again, he, he's, he's trying to be flash. And uh, this, this league, as you said, when it comes to with the flicks... Uh, like, it was the most ridiculous flick I've ever seen in my life. And this is the thing. We've got to get in there and dominate... And I like the fact that Teotie was back. What do you think, Neil?
1: Well, I'm I'm not convinced is going to be around for the long term. Mm. Um, there still seems to be rumblings that he wants to come over here. Mm. So I wouldn't hang your hat on that. And Plus the fact that I, I think if we can cash in on him, I would. Um, I think if there's a, there's a bid comes in from the UAE that's acceptable, I think the club will take it and, that and understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's not part of the long-term plan. He, I don't see him as part of quote-unquote the project. Um, so I think the club's moving on from him. So I think he should be helped to move on. That's that's just a personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a shame because in this division he should get away with some of the stupid challenges that he wouldn't get away with in the Premiership because the re- referees seem to be all over the place. You know, there's, there's no consistency on what's it what's a reckless challenge, what's not, what's a yellow, what's not, you know, there's even less consistency in this division than there was in the Premiership.
0: What was your thoughts on um, uh, to being back in there? Because I believe he's only back in there because Kovac had a, had a knockley.
4: I mean, if he's going to be here, it, you know, I, the tran- I mean, obviously the transfer window is shut over here and it hasn't in other parts of the world, but if he's going to be here and he's going to be available and he's going to be fit, uh, why not? Why not look at him? Why not play him? He, 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 you know, at the end of the day the kid's a quality player and if he's going to come in handy until he leaves why not get the, why not get the best out of him if, if Benitez has obviously thought he could use him he obviously had because callback wasn't, wasn't potentially available I've got no problems with him playing not whatsoever no problem whatsoever might as well
0: I think the problem with that when you cast the midfield it's always been there's a lot of players in there like for like and the one thing I noticed I don't know what you thought Neil but um, when Shelby's been further up, up in the field, he does his best work, and f- and for some reason he was put back um, to to help the defence, which I think didn't work to me at, o- at all. Even even with the chances we had, the chance in the game we had. Uh, Neil.
1: Mm. Well, you know it it, it. it it it's that we can sit and analyse that game until I blow in the face. Mm. You know. <laughs> and we have done pretty much all night. We've looked at what what we could have done different. What, we, what we, it's just about the next game. That's what we're going to focus mm-hmm. on. The next game. What, what's the best eleven for the next game, and how we're going to going to solve that? Do we kind of dwell on things like that. We're just going to get over ourselves and move on with.
4: It. The best. I think the best way to analyse that, that that particular game of just players is don't miss open goals, and you win football matches. Hmm. Yeah, it's I think a, it would, It's a simple yeah. formula. <laughs> because it's two. I mean, it's two. I mean, Gail, 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 one on one. You think right? He hits the goalkeeper. Yeah. Darmi's G- is just unexplainable. <laughs> so you know they they all come before Villa had their little spell. And if we had scored a second goal, that would have literally killed them. So oh,
3: yes.
4: It's just a it's just a simple lesson. I'm saying, if we can kill teams off, there's no way of teams like we like I said with you Neil It'll take a good team this season to score two goals against us.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I think uh, so. How do you think we'll play it against um, Norwich, Lee? W- w- with it being such a, it's a shame, isn't it? Because it's not going to be on TV, is it? That's the worst thing about it.
4: But, well, I um, think Norwich will Nor- Norwich will come and try and win the football match. So that makes that that will make it a good yes. game for us. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you now, regardless of what, if anyone's listening, regardless of what league it's in, um, the, the, table, the, the team the team who is currently top of the championship are coming to St James's Park. They're currently four points ab- above us. This is our biggest game so far this season. We're at home, and the fans should be on point straight away from the moment we get in that ground. And if we can, and we can, you know, the, the team needs our and Ultimately, we're not we're, we're not we're not just there to sit there because we want them to get us going. We might have to help them on a mm-hmm. Wednesday night, and we are more than capable of being Norwich City at St James's Park. We have a damn bloody good squad. And then um, we have an absolutely world-class manager. So am I worried about Norwich City coming to St. James's Park? No, of course I'm not. Because I think we're, not, we're a better side than them. We have a better manager than them. And if the fans turn up and give the team 100%, we will beat Norwich City on Wednesday night. I think we should beat them, shouldn't we, Neil? Like We've beaten Norwich City well, plenty of times
1: at home, haven't we? The one thing about them is they've gone on this little run, but I, I gather they've not kept a clean sheet during mm-hmm. that little run. And I think, as, as Lee says, they're going to come and try and win the game. That plays in our hands. Uh, they're not going to do what Huddersfield did and try and smash and grab. They're going to come and try and play football, and that plays in, in our hands, because we're actually quite good on the counter, too. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it, it's going to be end-to-end, I think. I think we are going to have little little blustery spells where it's, it's here, there, and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, we should have enough. And if, if the age-old adage about football being played on grass, on not on paper. On paper, of course, we should have enough to put them away.
3: But I
0: think the one thing I fear, Lee, is that he'll he will not play two up front. He'll go for Gale and he'll go for the you know obviously Richie. But I think in games like this, um, you know, it's will it be physical? Um, but that's the thing; you can't really pick what he's going to what he was going to
4: play, can you, Lee? Depends. It depends. I mean, it depends on. It depends how Norwich ultimately up because Villa settled with three at the back on on Saturday and we absolutely destroyed them down the mm-hmm. sides. They didn't know what to do with us down the sides. The amount of times we got in down the sides and like I said, if we t- if we took our chances, we would have blew Aston Villa away. Actually, we should have been two three four and a look at half time. Mm-hmm. We were that comfortable. We were that in control. And honestly, if I, I honestly believe that Gale had got that goal. On about, I think it was about thirty minutes. We were probably went off and, and we would have humped them before half time because we we were getting in down the sides at will So, I mean, to me, there's a little look at Norwich. You'll you'll have you'll have them scouted. You'll you'll see what they've been doing. I, I think the problem for me in the championship, Andrew, I still have a tendency to watch the watch the Premier League games. I'm mm-hmm. not even watching the teams in the championship when the games are And I'm looking at the league table, going, oh, they won the day. So, from that point of view. I don't really know a lot about sometimes our opposition. We do know a little bit more about knowledge, obviously, because their the team hasn't changed dramatically from last season. They're well organised. I think they've got a decent manager. But if I look at both teams on paper and squad wise, I think we have a better squad with better squad than them. We finished above them last season. Uh, we absolutely destroyed them at St James's, and we should actually pick something up down there. So, do I think we can beat Norwich City at home on Wednesday night on the lights to St. James's? Yes, of course I do, 100%. I just hope people go there realise that Norwich are currently top of, top of the table for a reason. So that means sometimes when teams just come to St. James's and you're thinking, oh, we're playing the best in the country, the fans would be right at it from the off. So, ignore what league it's in where you're currently playing the best team in the championship because they are top of the league. Mm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think um, I think the, the fans will be up for it. I think it, again, it's it's how we how we start the game that's going to be important because you can't. It's interesting, isn't it, Neil? Because when you watch um, Norwich play, even when we've I think last season we obviously we got beaten we late in the game, but we didn't even play very well. And we scored two goals. No. We got two goals, and we need to beat Norwich at home, and we did. I think it was 2-0, I think. So, it's... No, we beaten 6-2 to them, mate. 6-2, was
1: it? That, yeah, that I was
0: the game
1: uh, that. Uh, that the was the, the game when the got four three. in.
0: Yeah, right. I remember now, yeah. Right. So, it's, so that means that, to me, with the squad we've got, and I'm not sure, when we, when we won 6-2, if we had two up front, I'm not sure, mm, but... Um,
4: yes, we did like... It was, wasn't it? Perez. Perez.
0: Yeah, because yeah, that probably the one thing we haven't talked about, isn't it? That Perez wasn't um, in the team which I think he deserved after the last couple of games But well sorry the last game because he scored against QPR it's a good, it's a good idea isn't it to, because there's so many games to take him in and out isn't it Neil and obviously then ask well, uh, Lee
1: uh, of course and that's what the whole idea of having a squad's about in this division the mm. games come thick and fast and regular and I think Rafa's strategy about this is we we come back to the rotation idea. Mm. Rafa's going to rotate and rotate because he likes to keep it fresh and likes to change it up. It's that simple. Mm. What do you think, Lee?
4: Well, the beauty of rotation is I've heard I've heard all all angles being ex- explored, or obviously explained. Because uh, when we've been winning games, everyone's like, "Yeah, brilliant! Mm. <laughs> what a genius he is!" Then it will lose a game. Jesus Christ! Why are you rotating people like that? <laughs> so he yeah, was going yeah, to was going to get that kind of. Um, I was going to get people seeing things like that was rotation, and um, he's doing. Uh, from a personal point of view, I think he's. I think he's doing well with what he's got. I think it's the correct way to go about it. I think you've got to bear in mind it's currently coming, only coming up to October, and I do think squads, sides are going to start to get stretched as the winter months start to kick in. Little knocks, little niggles here and there, and we have got two to three players for each position. Edition, I think that will actually come to the fore. And if we go and beat Norwich on Wednesday and get one point behind them, going into the run of games we have all the way to Christmas, if we, if we turn up and be professional and um, get the job done, I really do believe our squad um, will show that why it's why it's been labelled the best in the division. I bet I'd be
0: surprised if uh, Yedlin plays because that injury did look pretty. Well, didn't, I hope didn't, he's it did not all right. Because we, d- we didn't hear afterwards to do what, um, even the last couple of days, Neil, have you heard? I've heard nothing about...
1: Uh, I've heard nothing other than he's a doubt. Yeah. Which that normally suggests
4: rigid. that he might be alright.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. I'd be surprised. Um, like that. Cards close to the chest and all that. And yeah, because uh,
0: they
4: normally see it, do if somebody's got an injury
0: yeah. straight away, pretty much. I'll it? be amazed, plays Lee. I'll be amazed, because it looked... I Actually, it's, I, at first, I thought it was just a... If it's just a kick on the foot, then fair enough.
4: He should well, be okay, laughing. but... Alas, he said to me, she seen, he walked past them, and he was down there, and said he was holding his hip.
0: Oh, his hip. Oh, so it might be nothing, then. Could be something or nothing.
4: Could be just. Uh, could be cramp, couldn't it? Could be anything. He was excellent. He was excellent. Yeah, he, he was, give was us good, a, wasn't he? You he give us, us a total different dimension. Absolutely mm. flying past Matt Ritchie. And Matt Ritchie. Him and Matt Ritchie will cause some real problems down the right hand side, mind. Real problems.
0: So give me results result for, for uh, Wednesday before oh, we bring in Chris.
4: Man. I'll see. I'll three one at Newcastle United. Good stuff.
0: Good stuff. And I, heard and, uh, you, and, I
4: and I heard you touching on Sunderland before. And can I just point out to any <laughs> Sunderland fans who are listening to this? I'm feeling your pain at this moment in time, and it's about time you got flushed out of the Premier League because you how you stayed in for the last four years I will never ever know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's it you, it's, That's the thing with Sunderland, isn't it? You, you you think well they've turned a the corner. They've they've got the passion. They've got the players, and then. The big white hope and they've big got, they,
4: uh, They've got one player, and if they didn't have Jermaine the Four, they'd mm. be absolutely rock bottom, literally out of this league even before now. It's so mm. unbelievable. I will tell you what, if anyone wants to buy Jermaine the Four, um, I'm happy to drive him anywhere he wants. <laughs> cause, uh, if, you're, if you're if you're the team wants to get to Europe this evening, um, right around, <laughs> around 10th, I think we should take a little gamble on the on the Four. <laughs>
0: we'll it'll be interested in the journey window. It's, it's very <laughs> close again, isn't it? It's very close. Uh, 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 and it's unbelievable, we, how quick.
4: Well, uh, we can buy him to help us get up our promotion
0: <laughs> That would be funny. Would that happen? It would be <laughs> quite funny. He lives in Newcastle anyway, so back, yeah, I don't do, think Andrew. it's going to happen.
4: We all
0: do. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on, Lee. We'll right. catch you next Monday, mate. Thanks a lot.
3: Yeah, right. Cheers, everyone. Bye.
0: Well, as always, he's always good copy, isn't he? Uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> he's yeah. always spot on. I love him. Well, we're going to bring our next caller of this evening, and it's Chris Parry calling from the golf course in Dallas, and I'm not even sure if, if Dallas Cowboys won last night, but I know the Redskins did. Come on!
5: So, good evening, Chris. Hey, how's it going, guys? I, I can answer the question of the previous caller. Newcastle is the reason why Sunderland stayed up the last you know, three or four years. You know they've been taking four and six points away against the against in the Tyne we Derby, and now they don't get now they don't have it for some Ever since Alan Pardue took over, they, I mean Newcastle used to dominate Sunderland, and that's how they were able to stay up with those four and six points. And they don't have that this year. So uh, so we'll see if they can get it against Middlesbrough. Because, but uh, I, I'm just looking forward to, to, to. I mean, last week, last Saturday was just so frustratingly <laughs> maddening to watch because it was a game where a team that expects to go into the premiership, expects to win this this league, should have put three or four past them. Should have. It should have just been dead and buried. I mean, how many times is Jeremy going to miss a sitter? I mean, goodness gracious, it was. It was a. Uh, It it really was kind of just, it was unreal, and then, and and you knew it was coming. You can't, I mean, look, every team is going to have a chance eventually, and all these people that are on Matt's sales on Twitter, they all need to just seriously take a good, strong, long look in the mirror, because if you're, if you're trashing someone on social media, I mean, seriously, that's what you're doing with your life? You're trashing a goalkeeper. I mean, come on now. Like, I mean, yeah, of course, Carl Barlow probably deserves. They maybe should do a little bit more of a split and not have cells play all the time. But I mean, give me a break. That was that was stupid. They made the poor kid delete his Twitter account. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes Newcastle fans. I love the passion. I love being a Newcastle fan. But I would never slag off a player on social media ever. Yeah, I mean, ever. I mean, like I I may, or definitely not to them. You know what I'm saying? I may do it to you. You know, you and I may talk on Twitter, going, "Golly, Colbeck is killing us," but I would never do it. You know, to him. And to me, I just think that I, I just think that's deplorable.
0: Yeah, we we talked about it earlier because I must be to be fair. I don't even really follow any Newcastle players. Because I've got, I've just got no interest in it. You know, they never say anything anyway. To be honest with you. Yeah,
5: yeah. Uh, I thought Yeldon. I thought because he's a Yank, and of course, Yeldon yeah. was like, you know, we'll kick on. It was okay. We'll do okay. You know I mean? but yeah, but I don't really because it's always, it's always like a canned tweet. I mean, they're not about to put anything out there that's going to get them in trouble, yeah. unless their unless their first name is Joe and their last name is Barton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was. It's been an interesting week for him as well, isn't it? But.
0: It's yeah, yeah, yeah. That was interesting with that book. Yeah, I haven't read it yet, uh, I'm sure I'm sure I'll get a copy uh. in the mail by, by Joseph. <laughs> but um I think um the the to me it was because we, we had lost against Wolves and then we had beaten them in the cup and you want you want Newcastle to come out on the front foot and then you have so many chances and you watch 18. them being, Oh, it's unbelievable really. And then the thing is you watch the team, and every single time in the last couple of weeks, any sort of pressure, to me, defensively, were all over the place. And it was, it was so mind numbing. not just that chance that di- the army missed. It was like, they're going to come, they're going to come, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. Oh, yeah, they,
5: they, yeah, they brought the hide in with Gestad. You're like, here comes a uh, looping ball from the box for the next... You know, for the next twenty minutes, because I mean that's smart. That's smart soccer. I mean, if Newcastle's not going to take it, then they're definitely going to say, "Well, then you know, <laughs> you made a mistake." I'll tell you what, though, I was pretty impressed with uh, with Kieran Clark. Yeah, I, uh, you know, that, that, when he went back and made the stop there in the early minutes of the of the match on that breakaway, I, you know, I, I really thought. I mean, I really thought he made a he made a statement. Of course, Yedlin's been fantastic. I love how he runs the players. He does the same thing for the U.S. Uh, he's you know he's fantastic. It's uh, I think Dummett put in a pretty good shift. I really can't point to anybody. And I and I mean, I, I Selves just made a mistake. Sal has got to take more control in the box. He does. That doesn't mean I'm going to go on Twitter and badmouth him. But he just needs you know he just needs to to take more control. He seems like he really struggles with crosses uh, in his box. And in, in 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 English soccer, you cannot English football, you cannot do that. Because that's the number one way a lot of these teams are going to try to score against Newcastle.
0: Yeah, it was interesting, Neil, wasn't it? Because I think Kieran Clark, he was obviously the man of the match, but he, he just won everything. But I think with the back line, there's so many choices now for the centre-back. Against a team like Villa, you, you know, you've know, got to think, well, you know, why is Mbembe not playing? Would you have played Hanley? Because Hanley's very demonstrative. Uh, it, it's an interesting conundrum isn't it but um, when you what do you think Neil because I must say Clark to me was a revelation
5: I think he's going for one yeah, I guess you lost Neil it's like okay. every, time you call, every time you talk to me you lose <laughs> Dubai I just think not want to talk to me I, I mean Neil's like no Chris is on I'm not going to get a load of edgewise with that yank so I'm just going uh, I'm, sh- I'm just going to I'm just going to shut the phone off and let him just blabber <laughs> around for the next 10 minutes so
1: go ahead, Neil. <laughs> dodgy, connect, dodgy connection over here. I mate. Mean, I lost you for a little bit there. Oh, uh,
5: What
0: were you, okay.
1: you talking well, we're about? We're talking
0: about uh, Kieran Clark. How how great he was when he came in, uh, but in certain circumstances, they they could have okay, cool. could have played um, you know handley in there. That but that's a good thing. There's so many players to play in there, but I think it, it, um, it, a, I just thought Kieran was wonderful.
1: It's a delightful problem to have, and he also got to remember he. He's not long left Villa, so you will know some of the patterns and know some mm-hmm. of the some of the setups. And so there, there was lots of reasons to have him in. Plus the fact he's—I don't think he's done anything wrong in a black and white shirt at all. You know, I don't well, think he's done the, anything uh, wrong in a black and white shirt. So did, that's but the thing. Why not that's have the,
0: him yeah, exactly. What, what do you think, uh, Chris? Because I think uh, the defence is definitely showing signs of—you um, know—it's it's
5: come along quite well. Uh, I agree. I mean, it was just—it was just a few mistakes. Like, it's look, it's 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 all men. It's all men to the pumps in the final. No, nothing. Just a little bit of lettuce. That's it. Sorry, I'm at, I'm at the golf shack on the turn, getting my food. Uh, it's, i mean, it—it it, it, it was all men to the pumps. They were just going to keep lobbing balls in and in and in and in and in, and then that's just—that's the English game. Whenever in the last five ten minutes, if you're trying to get an equalizer, and they just didn't. They just didn't deal with it. I mean, they got lucky when, they get, when, when the one goal was called back for offsides.
3: Yeah, it, was it. Yeah. it
5: was coming. It was coming, and all they could have done to kill it off was score. And they had more than ample opportunity to do it. It would have shut the whole thing down, and they didn't do it. You don't win. I mean, Newcastle's too good a team, guys, to be trying to win 1-0 in, yeah. in, in, the, in the championship division. They just are. They need to be winning 3-1, three, 4-2, three, three, if they give up some goals, so be it. But they're so comfortable, it doesn't matter. Uh, and, and if they keep trying to win one nil, we're gonna start. We're gonna have more of these conversations where we're disappointed. But anyway, hey uh, guys, uh, let me give you a, a score because I'm kind of I got to go play the back nine. Okay. But uh, I, I think that they are gonna beat Norwich. I think it's gonna be tight though. I, I am looking at a one 0 I really mm-hmm. do. I think I think that they're they're gonna find a way to nick it. But Norwich is playing pretty good soccer right now. Yeah, but do, uh, sure. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one 0 and Newcastle gets back on track.
0: Lovely, great stuff. Thanks a lot, Chris. Enjoy the round. Guys, yeah, thank you very much. Sorry, sorry care, about
5: man. it. I just my, my partner, my partner's looking at me, kind of going, "Hey, you know, we've got a decent <laughs> score going. Let's get after it." Go Redskins. Uh, i Go Redskins. I'll see <laughs>
0: Take care. Bye bye. Right, guys.
5: Thanks,
0: Chris. Bye. Well, you know, I had to put it in. That, you know, Redskins won last night, and the best one of the best games of the season. Actually, when I was actually able to watch them for a change. Um, it was just an interesting, a really good game to watch uh, on the NFL. If anybody watches the NFL, but um, with with Newcastle having a, a good sort of games coming up, Neil, um, do you think mm. do you think he'll turn around and say, okay, I'm going to play this team next two games and keep keep it trying, maybe keep it a bit more simpler. But um, I definitely feel like Newcastle at home have got to be a bit more dangerous and a bit more up-tempo?
1: Very possibly. Um, we'll have to make the most of opportunities that are presented to us. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it comes back to this this feeling that every, a lot of clubs are going to come to St. James's Park and it's like up-final. Mm. And some are going to come and park the bus and try and catch her on the break like Huddersfield did. And so really... It's difficult to know how to play it. Um, we just have to concentrate on our own game um, and improve in certain areas. And the one thing that consistency looked like we need to improve on is making sure we finish games off when we have the chance.
3: Mm. S-
1: excuse me. That's the that's the bottom line on it. it, it it's those missed chances have proved costly for in the games where we've. Had more than enough opportunity to put games away. That said, if we can show we can learn from it and develop as the season goes on, Um, with again as Lee pointed out before, with easier fixtures on the horizon, that'll only help the confidence.
3: Yeah,
0: I I think when you look at, that's the thing. I think maybe it it is a question of confidence, isn't it? Because you know they're (coughs) they're they're quite happy to be where we where where they are in the league after the start, and Mm. maybe at home. You know, as I said before, it, you would think a pl- any player would be thinking, you know, it, it's all there for us. You know, you, you, you can be a hero. You can, you know, you, you want players to go out there to think, oh, I'm going to score a hat trick, um, and it's okay being compact. But you've you've got to you've got to just say, listen, we've got to go for it from the off and really put them under pressure because it it you know it it sets. It's that other teams thinking, oh, God, we're going to have to go in there. We're going to have to camp out. And then we can, you know, we use our strength. And, and the the problem you're going to have at home is that if this is going to happen a lot, you've got you've got to just go for it and, um, you know, fly at them from the beginning. Get the tackles in. You know, obviously, Teotia, uh, you know, could be, might be on his way we don't know, do we? But um, I think... Uh, You know, you've got Anita. There are players in that team that will, you know, get do a lot of donkey work, uh, especially Mm -hmm. for Shelby, because you know, for sure Shelby won't be playing the back four on um, on uh, Wednesday because he he has to be further up front. But really, when you if you take Shelby out of that team, because he he himself is is always going to be in out in out. He's never going to be. We're not going to get. Uh, every single game a, a substantial performance from because he just he just isn't that a player that can that can deliver t- until he's played a couple of seasons
1: well yeah Um it, it, you get to a lot of players mate mm. at
3: the yeah. end
1: of the day you know it, 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 it's it, it's we've again I'm, I've said it before tonight we've just got to look at what Rafa does and you, you hope he puts the right people in the right places and trust them to do it
0: I think um, when you've what's the reaction in Dubai to the way Newcastle are playing obviously the problem is you you can't get the games but um, do they expect Newcastle to just zoom up and turn up and and win it or uh? the
1: the, the feeling amongst the fans that I have contact with on a regular basis out here is that very much everybody's got their feet on the ground and we know the kind of challenge that awaits with Um, there's nobody um, if if you then come to the fans outside of Newcastle fans there's a a funny mix there's a lot of people here who are utterly ignorant of the world of football outside of the Premiership and the Premiership is where football begins and ends Mm. and so they don't understand it they have no concept of it Um, Mm. and that can be frustrating at times Um, some of the Premiership fans assume we're going to cakewalk it Mm. You know, um, but I think most of the the genuine fans over here understand the size of the task at hand, but also I think that, that the people who are um, l- on the outside looking in appreciate the changes that they're seeing with the club top to bottom in the way that are more communicative, more interactive and it's certainly the club's are viewed in a more positive light again over here. Mm. Um, now how that's That'll change a lot if we do go up and suddenly get Premiership coverage again, because I'm damn sure it'll get lots of rattle on things like being over here, who carry all the games over here, and um, it will get, uh, will pro-, pro you know the presence of Rafa again will come to the fore of, of who he is and the kudos he brings and the stature and the game he has. Mm. Um, There's a lot of people over here still wonder why he's managing in the Championship too.
0: I know I keep on hearing that (laughs) even I think when they brought up the fact that Di Matteo and Rafa of Champions League winners are are in the league. Well, you know, people people don't get it, do they? The fact that they're they're in there. They're probably giving carte blanche to do whatever they want. But I have to say that that Villa chairman is a different kettle of fish, isn't
1: he? Well, he's, he's bonkers. He's mad as a box of frogs. Him, he's, he's going to be box office if the wheels come off. He's going to be genuine genuine must follow on Twitter. Yeah.
3: Um,
1: if the wheels come off because he's he's already come out with some absolute honkers on Twitter and then releasing the image of the player who he was signing before the deal was actually done. And, Oh, hey, yeah, uh, he—he's—he he, some stage this season might have a genuine Twitter meltdown live in front of, every, of hundreds of thousands of followers. He—he—he he, he absolutely is, um, a totally hat stand by the mm. looks of things. Like many of these, um, sort of uh, Southeast Asian, mm. um, owners seem to be. All, they all—they all seem to have a little. Bit of a, a bonk as twist to them, mm-hmm. uh, but he, he, some of the things he's come out with on Twitter so far this season have been been pure Twitter gold, uh, yeah. and, and and it just you like think yeah, okay, well, where are you coming from on this one and and, and it, it, yeah, I I I I would love to see the wheels come off just to see what how he reacts.
0: I'm still so surprised I that they really went for uh, Di Matteo, especially when you got a guy that could probably get them a bit more rounded in Steve Bruce, is obviously available. Um, I don't think, I th- you know, that's the thing, isn't it? The, the guy, the, the chairman they've got, well, he needs the, somebody that can shut him up, the, <laughs> who can basically say, listen, I'm in charge, I leave me alone.
1: Pack it in and, and stop being a, a wally.
3: Hmm.
1: Difficult, you know, they, they're in the position we were in when it was obvious McLaren was done
3: hmm.
1: and they were looking at the candidates and didn't fancy some of the candidates. Mm. And I think Villa have had the same situation. They've gone down, and they're looking and thinking, well, will that be any better? Will that be any better? Bruce was, would have always been an interesting one in terms of his record of getting teams out of the championship, and he's got a very good record at that. However, he's also got a very good record of putting teams back in the championship after they've <laughs> been promoted. Um, so uh, do you take that... Um, poison Chalice. Also, does he really want to go and work for another bonker as owner because he's had one at Hull,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And, and I think mm-hmm. I think he will be tainted forever by dealing with that man at Hull, who who was bonkers in a slightly more sinister way, if you ask me, for some of the things he's come up with and some of the things he wants to do. Um, so, I think managers are are going to become increasingly wary of dealing with certain. Colourful chairman, shall we say. Mm. Um, it, 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 it's an interesting one from that uh, that perspective. I think they've been very lucky to get Di Matteo.
0: It's interesting that it? when you when you look at the the summer, and you look at um, how Slavin Bilic was um, being loaded from the, the heavens by the Twitter prats, the Twitter people saying, oh, he's wonderful to listen to, and look at him. He's right in amongst the muck and nettles,
3: isn't he?
1: Okay, that, that's a that's a West Ham are another kettle of fish. Yeah. again with a colourful chairman
3: mm.
1: who's who prone to the odd and son rant and mm. son and mm. business partner and mm. um, adult entertainment salesman. <laughs> um, they've gone to the new ground under the under the all of the things associated with that um and and things being leveled at them and there's still a lot of questions they've got problems within their fan base inside their new ground there's infighting within the fans i don't yeah, know if you've seen some news. of the images of that it's beyond odd and i was talking to some some hammers fans at the weekend about it and 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 they actually the lads over here who get in the nelson's bar which isn't far away from from goodfellas in here in Tegom. Uh, in the media return and goodfellas and Nelson is is the West Ham pub here and if you go and talk to some of the lads there they don't understand it either they cannot work out what's going on and it sounds like it's just bad planning in place and do you remember when we had a little bit of bother in the family section on level 7 it sounds like that but magnified times 100 with patches of lads standing up and patches of people who wanting them to sit down and it getting pretty tasty between them by the sounds of it Mm. Um and that's a mess of this move into the new stadium which seems like it's been not well done and well handled. Mm. Um they've got a team who are now playing away from the bowling ground, which is was always a tight small ground and a difficult mm. place to go. They've now got this wide open bowl, which is gonna be the same like teams come to St James's Park. Mm-hmm. Oh we're gonna come and have a play in this big new stadium, we're gonna have a go today. Um, true isn't it it's, true? it it's a combination of a lot of different things, Andrew, and mm. and also, they've got a group of players who maybe, after a really good season and being massaged and mm-hmm. being talked up, mm-hmm. start to believe some of their own hype, with a manager who's also... Who actually, I wouldn't have been unhappy to have Bilic in the I think the guy... Love him or hate him, he's a very astute individual and very, very... Seems very knowledgeable about the game and he talks a good talk, which is always a good thing. Um but I'm wondering whether he's lost a little bit of the dressing room there's something going on there it has all those hallmarks of, of a club who are like a duck on the surface but like a duck underneath the surface and all and there's, there's, there's something happening in there it, it just has that feeling again, we've seen it at St James's Park plenty of times we mm. know these signs yeah. we, know, we like what's happening at the sun and we can look up the road and go hi, we've seen that
3: mm-hmm. and we've
1: lived that and West Ham for me is the same. And talk, we're talking to the lads over here; they're, they're a bit baffled over here as to what's going on.
0: Well, the thing is, I think with with West with West Ham, the problem was the obvious, wasn't it? They couldn't get, they couldn't get rid of that one of their players who allegedly failed a, a medical, and then they oh. have to keep them. They have to keep them there now, and <laughs> makes no sense, really? But he, he should have brought in more players. They're not they're not spending any money on the new stadium anyway. That's paid for. It's absolutely outrageous, but they're getting away with it. And they don't go out and buy players to replace. Um,
1: you don't know. The thing is, we don't know how they're working. We don't know mm-hmm. how they're operating or how they were operating before. We don't know what implications on FFP that's going to have. Yeah, you, true. You, you've got to remember, there's, 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 again, there's things we don't know, things that won't be on the, on the balance sheet or on the bottom line. Things that we've got... Or, is the man? Is the is the owner and the chairman and the board of directors fancying a nice, a nice big dividend at the end of mm-hmm. this season? Who knows? There's just, that's quite a cynical thing of, of me to say. If I'll be for it, it, me to, to chuck accusations like that around, mm-hmm. but again, it has all the hallmarks of a club who are looking great on the outside, but that's actually just a veneer. And if you crack the veneer, it's a bloody mess underneath. And mm-hmm. you know, you look at that mix of players. They've got some funny players in there. People like Lanzini who had a super season last season mm. and he came from the Arab Emirates he was playing over here right. in the UAE and he was rank awful <laughs> from what I saw of him um, You know, he, he was the classic barn door with a pea shooter job you know he, he really was rank awful at Al Jazeera here the, the, he, the, he wanted to stay in the UAE and the other UAE clubs wouldn't touch him um, and yet he somehow lands in the premiership and, and looks the real deal he had he, mm. and you know the the, the they're there a funny little group of players who like I say might, some of them might be starting to believe their own hype mm-hmm. the, captain, the club Captain Mark Noble is one of those characters who I think may get a little bit carried away with himself mm-hmm. on occasion because mm-hmm. um, again if he was all that I think he would be at Man City or Man United or you know at that next echelon up and mm-hmm. he'd be a regular in an England shirt and he isn't mm-hmm. um, so it, it, they're a very interesting club to watch in terms of, I think that's another one that could be a, a car crash waiting to happen, um, but I, I think I think the village chairman will melt down before that happens. Yeah, I think so too.
0: Well, we've got th- three minutes three minutes after the show, and um, before we... Obviously, John, you're too late, mate. <laughs> we've got things to do, and it's too late for you, so Thanks John was going to be the last call yeah. tonight, but too late. We'll... Neil's got to go to bedmin I mean, after chat with me. So, um, but um,
1: I've got drive home yet.
0: Oh, you go here? Yeah, have got to drive home. Ah, I've, um, been,
1: I've, I've been on the go since, since 6 a.m. this morning. Do I do it, night, I've just done stop <laughs> um, You know, it's it, well. It's, it, it's called adrenaline and uh,
0: coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good coffee, I hope. What well you. <laughs> Well, thanks everybody tonight for listening to the show. We've had a—I didn't expect it to be as long as it did because there were a few people who had events going on tonight. But thanks so much for the main guest tonight, Damien Spellman, coming on the show. Absolutely superb for one hour class talking. Act. Well, class act, wasn't he? Absolutely brilliant.
3: Class act. Yeah. And
0: we will be listening when well, I will be getting the show out next couple of minutes for so people to listen back to wherever you are in the world. But thanks so much for my co-host tonight, Neil Mitchell, and we're going to close out with Taylor.